Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. Every day I get to help women rise and find their own healing despite their circumstances. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. If you're looking for just betrayal topics, catch me on my former podcast where there are four years of golden content, all for free at your fingertips. All right, let's do this. Body acceptance with or without the external changes with my guest, Ellie. Yes. And she has had external changes, but she's had a lot of internal change as well. And that's why she's here. Uh, Ellie is someone how, I mean, did you follow me? Is that how we met? Yes. You followed me and we started hiking together in my hiking group and she was very quiet about her story. (laughs) And, um, we've been on enough hikes alone, even where I'm like, why aren't you sharing your story? Your story is pretty dang inspiring. Um, but I also understand why it's scary to put yourself out there and kind of tiptoeing and not offending and not of honoring old Ellie and new Ellie and all of the things. And so Ellie has released over a hundred pounds in the last year and she's also hiked a hundred hikes in yeah. celebration of that. And so, um, I'm excited to have her. So Ellie is a normal human <laughs> who is working on healing herself through self-love acceptance and movement in nature. She is a single mom of two kids and she's originally from Oklahoma and now lives in South Jordan, Utah. So just, you know, 30 minutes from me mm-hmm. and we get to do this live together, which is fun. And, um, I just, I want the audience to hear like, let's back way up. And I know there's listeners who they might be at a certain, maybe their ideal body image, and they're still feeling frustrated or have old beliefs that are keeping them stuck in no self-love. And so let's start with younger Ellie, Okay. however young you need to go. And I want to hear what it was like for you as a young person and some of the beliefs that you took with you into adulthood. Yeah. So, um, I've done a lot of inner child work and gone back and I didn't always feel this way, but I remember a vivid point in my life where I realized that my body was a point of topic for a lot of people. And, um, I realized that my body was a problem for a lot of other people. And so I started internalizing that a lot and a lot. Um, so I started dieting when I was very young. I think I went on my first diet when I was six Mm. and I was not a chubby kid at six. Like I look at pictures and, um, anyways, we, um, I started, um, dieting and I lost, I think 30 pounds at one point as a young child. And I got so much praise for that. Oh, you look so wonderful. You look so good. And it's really then when I started internalizing that my value was my body. And when I was bigger, I had less value to people. Mm. And when I was smaller, I had more value to people. And so that was really hard for me, but I feel like child Ellie, like did all she could to like make us survive that hard time in our life. And so we just worked on it. And we were like, if we're, if we're, so my internal message was if I'm thin, then everything's good. Everything will be fine. People will love me. People will accept me and, uh, there will be no problems. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) It's really what I believed. And the world's telling you this too. It's not just like your closest circle of people. The world is saying, Hey, this is what happiness looks like, feels like yes, all of it. And I think as a child and moving into a teenager and into my young adult self, I felt a lot of rejection 
And I blamed that all on my body. Mm. Oh, if I was thin, then that wouldn't have happened. Or this, this person would have been interested or this, this thing or this outcome, all these things. So I really used my weight as a crutch Mm. for my life. Um, until I was very old, (laughs) very old, very a lot younger than me, just FYI. Oh, it just took a long time to realize what my messages were. I didn't even know what was happening. It was all subconscious, which that's how we operate. You know, if, if you're listening and you're saying what is inner child work, and I think most of the listeners know by now, I mean, I'm showing pictures of me younger and the beliefs that we internalize. Maybe somebody told us some girl told me I had man hands in (laughs) seventh grade. And for the rest of my life, I believe I have man hands. It's so stupid. And we take those things and then we show up believing those things. Yes. And so to, to say, Hey, I'm going to do some in inner work. It's an inside job to heal yeah. the pain of who I think I am. Right. Yes. Um, it, it's the work that I think if we all stepped into, we could all show up as the humans we want to be Yeah. without like just letting go of all these stupid negative beliefs that were maybe said in passing even yeah that the people don't even remember saying yes Tristan Tini you don't even know you said that to me <laughs> just kidding but I remember <laughs> just kidding you know but seriously that hurt don't say rude things guys yeah um so you go into dating yeah as a teen yep. as a young adult and yeah. your beliefs are, I am valuable if my body looks a certain way. Yes. Does your body look a certain way? What society wants you to look like? Yeah. Um, so it definitely didn't when I was a young teen. I mean, like society will always say that your body doesn't look like what it should, what it should. Yeah. Um, but I had I felt like I went through a lot of rejection dating and trying to find love. And I went into marriage with all these false ideas and all of these, well, as soon as somebody loves me, Mm. as soon as a man loves me, then I have value. Then I can breathe. Then everything is good. And like, um, I'm not going to end up alone, Mm. which was a huge message that I got, um, was that nobody would love me because I was fat. Mm. And so once I got married, I was like, we are are in the clear. I have checked that box. We are moving on. And now only now I would have never realized it as a young adult. I realized I took so much baggage into that marriage, um, wanting acceptance and love and validation from him that I wasn't giving myself. Yeah. So you can't even hear it when he's giving it. No. Yeah. And, you know, my marriage had its own ups and downs and he wasn't able Mm -hmm. to give me love and acceptance like I needed it, which drove that message deeper Mm. into my soul that I am unlovable because of my body. And, uh, that's hard. Mm -hmm. That's really hard. Well, and it's rejection from the person that we're like we signed this paper and we're saying we love each other forever. We're committed. And the rejection from that person who we love the most, who we think loves us the most is different than the person at school or the sibling. You know, it's just, it's, it hits me different when my person isn't showing up the way that I expect or I need. Um, And were you sharing these feelings? when you were married about like where you were the beliefs or how, did you even recognize them at the time? I don't think I recognized them. What something looking back, I'm like, Oh, I wish I could have handled things differently. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but hindsight 2020, right. <laughs> Always. Um, but the thing that I realized is I was trying to solve the problem. Mm. I was, I wasn't even able to share my feelings. My go-to was like, if you would just plan a date for me, mm. then I know you love me. Is like all these, if then, if this happened, they relied on him. Yes. I put all of my value finding value. If I have a husband who plans dates for me, then I am valuable. Mm -hmm. Then I am loved. Then I have worth. And I just gave it away 
to um, my former partner. And I did not take control of that until later on in our marriage when um, things were pretty bad. And I feel like I had to hit a pretty low Mm -hmm. point in order to be like, listen, I can't depend on you anymore. This is not working for me. And so um, there was a time in my life I felt really bad. I remember I was flying back. I had gone back to Oklahoma and um, was coming back from my vacation. And on the airplane, I couldn't buckle my seatbelt. It was like, I was like, oh, I can do it. You know, like, and I was so mortified. And I remember I was sitting next to my cousin. I was like, this ends now. Like I'm so done with feeling like I, like I'm garbage because of my body. And I really believed at that point that once I lost my weight, that everything would be magical, a fairy tale and all of my life dreams would come true. And so that year I worked my butt off and I, um, through a lot of unhealthy dieting behaviors that I've learned my whole life. Mm. I know how to lose weight if I just starve myself enough, or if I just, you know, go to the gym every day. It was not, I was not out of love that I was doing that. It was out of hate. Yeah. Yeah. There is a difference. And sometimes it's hard to admit those intentions. Um, it's also hard to flip the switch yep. and say, okay, I'm going to prioritize me, which it sounds like that's what happened is to say, I don't like the way I feel on this airplane being in public place and feeling different. I'm going to prioritize me, but it came from a place of, um, where I go sometimes is what other people think. Yeah. And rather than what I think and what I find of value and important to me, regardless of anyone around me. Yeah. Which is tough. It is. It's really tough. And it's really hard to learn the truth about ourselves Mm. and say it out loud. Oh, I hate saying it out loud, but it is freeing. Also, sometimes I can't say it out loud without tears and choking up. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm just going to have the emotion of me saying this out loud. Yes. Yeah. And I can like see through my journey and through my past that I was trying to get there. But for me, it took a lot of baby steps. Mm -hmm. And my first path was, was really showing up for myself, even if it was a place out of hate. Totally. And you can shift that. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, um, I have a whole episode on being compelled to change and how, I used to look at that as a negative in my personality, like flaw, but it's so human that we wait until we've hit more of that rock bottom of like, this hurts too much. I can't do this anymore. Now I'm willing to step into some change. Most of us start that shift in a negative motivated place, right? right? Of like it, for me, it was, (laughs) a lot of different things. I'm just thinking of all the areas of, of me being motivated to shift and change. It's one come from other people's opinions, um, how they see me. It's also come from being good enough through God's eyes and shifting that way. Um, being good enough to like, keep up, uh, financially or successfully in business, that type of thing. So I've started in very negative places and been able to shift and see and own. I'm not doing this for a healthy reason and be curious enough to step back and say, I'm still going to do these things because I do feel that they're helping, but I do need to shift the mind and reframe the, like the why yes, and the long-term why that will actually keep me prioritizing myself instead of the traditional, I'm going to start this because I'm compelled and then I mess up and then I quit because clearly I suck Yes, and we'll just go dive into all those narratives again. Yes. (laughs) Which is kind of what happened in my experience. So once I had dove in, I'm doing this, this Mm -hmm. is the thing. Um, I lost 60 pounds on my own Mm. and, um, and then I got divorced and then COVID happened. Oh boy. And I gained 30 pounds back. 
And I was devastated. I was like, listen, we said we're doing this thing and we, we failed again. Cause I can't tell you how many diets I've been on, how many times I've lost and regained weight. And it was such a negative experience for me to say I failed again. Mm -hmm. So at that point, another rock bottom for me, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to be fat. I'm going to love myself. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to go buy myself all the clothes I want to wear that make me feel good. And I am just going to own where I'm at. Yeah. And, um, I can see throughout my journey, I was really, really trying, mm -hmm. but my mind just wasn't Fully ready there. for mm -hmm. all the truth that was about to drop. Mm. So, um, I did that, um, for a while and I felt good. And, um, and then I decided, um, I needed to get away. It was, my divorce was really hard. All my family was far away and I wanted to go be with my family. So I went to Oklahoma for six months. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I rented out my house and I was like, I just gotta, I gotta go. And while I was there, I felt more called to look into my physical health again. Mm -hmm. And this time, um, I thought about bariatric surgery, which I was always so opposed to because I thought that was the easy way out. Mm. And I also thought that like, I never wanted to be fat enough that I had, that I could mm. qualify for bariatric surgery. And so it was like a huge ego blow to me. Yeah. But when I was kind of in the depths of my despair again with my body, I just thought like, what would happen if I could be free from all of these fears, all of these beliefs, all of these negative messages I've had for my whole life. And the way to do that is to lose weight. Right. Mm. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And so I did the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And I had bariatric surgery when I was in Oklahoma and, um, it was terrifying. And I, my best friend star, so many Marco Polos, am I doing it? Am I really doing this? Are we doing this? And, um, and I did, and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made for me in my journey, because it allowed me to see what my real issues were like, okay. So like deep breath, <laughs> there's some emotion there. Thank you for sharing that. I remember, um, a therapist telling my former partner at a time. Um, and I look at it kind of like medication. Uh, she said, it's like, um, scaffolding to get a surgery like this. Like you just need to get this, like the stopping point out of the way. So you can actually do the work to take care of yourself. And for some people, the stopping point is the weight, like just mm -hmm. get rid of the weight. And so surgery can be looked at as so many, there's so many different mm -hmm. beliefs around all of it. Right. I've had my own surgeries, whatever. Um, I do believe there are times, especially with medication, with surgery, with, um, different choices we're making, if our intentions are pure and even if they're not whatever, but if we are looking at it and we're like, this is something I know will help me and it's going to help me do the inner work it's an inside job, right? We fix the outside. Dang it. There's so crap on the inside. Um, that goes for, I mean, I had breast augmentation mm -hmm. and I've shared that publicly. That is definitely shame filled for me. I hate that I made that decision long ago, but then to remake that decision as an adult is like, I had to own it and say, no, this is something that I know I need. I can't just like take them out and have flab. I, yeah. that for me doesn't work. And it's hard to accept that publicly. And I didn't have to, um, I chose to, yeah. And it did set me free to just say, okay, this is what works for me. And I still had to do therapy around all of those decisions. Yes. The grief, the regret, the choosing it and the work I've done after. Yeah. So yeah, it, I think it fits a lot of different areas. Um, 
but I think a lot of people probably appreciate hearing you share how you chose that. Yeah. What did it look like for you? Um, for me, I feel like a higher power was kind of in the mix for me because I really, really was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I think I'll just keep suffering and putting myself through all these diets, you know, or I just will not care about it, but it was something deeply that I actually cared yeah. about. So it was a lot of self-betrayal going on. And, um, so for me, even thinking about it, I felt like that's, mm. that's not all me. And, um, and I was renting out my house and I was sitting down to do my budget, how much I was saving while I was living with my parents in Oklahoma. And, um, it was the exact amount of my surgery that mm. I was looking into. And to me, that felt like a sign that like I needed, green flag. <laughs> like, this is a good thing. And yeah. all along my way, um, I felt green flags. Like I was like, well, I just want to like know somebody who's done it. Who's mm -hmm. my age, who's like five years out and they haven't like gained all their weight back. And then my patient advocate, Jamie was like, Hey, I'm, I was your age when I got it. I weighed the same amount as you. This is how much I lost. This is my journey. And just, it happened like that. My whole, my whole path forward was just all green flags. And to me, I had been working in therapy for a long time about body acceptance and something that I was doing was I wasn't doing any more restrictions, mm. but I was doing like, I'm going to add more water or vegetables or whatever. And to me, this was just another addition, mm -hmm. another tool that I needed to help change it for good. And so, um, I did it and I had the surgery and I was alone. So my, my dad dropped me off at the hospital and I went in and I had my surgery and then you had to stay for a couple of days. And I remember it was Halloween. Well, it was like the end of September and, um, everyone there had a partner there helping them. And you had to like get up and walk around. So you don't, you know, so you're keeping everything flowing and good. And I just remember walking around by myself feeling real bad mm -hmm. that I was alone and that this was the journey that I was on. Um, and it got better. Um, but it definitely, I was so naive. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to have surgery and then I'll go back to work in like a week and a half and I'll be fine and everything will be good. And it wasn't, <laughs> it really wasn't. It was really hard. I had never had surgery before. Mm, and that's intense. Yes. And, um, but little by little I got better and I started healing and I learned how to eat again. That's pretty interesting. And I learned what felt good to my body and what didn't feel good. And I, I lost a lot of uh, the majority of my weight. I lost in the first eight or nine months, which is a big change. Mm -hmm. And I had gone away. And so I come back. Oh, I didn't think about that. You're like a different person. Yeah. In many ways. In so many ways. And, you know, along the way, I could say that my, I could see my mind shifting a little bit at a time, but I was still very focused on a hundred pounds. Okay. That was my, like, ever since I was young, if I could just lose a hundred pounds, then like my life will be golden. And so that was just the destination. Like I have to do it. And my goal was to do it by my one year mark. So, and I had surgery in September of 2020. Okay. Right after COVID. Wow. It was a great year. <laughs> oh man. Divorce. I, I got divorced. Yeah. I had COVID happened surgery. Um, so I did it. I lost hundred pounds and I found myself in this place. That was not what I like planned or dreamed of like the, the whole thing was we lose a hundred pounds and then we're in a magical, beautiful world. Everyone loves me and I'm going to date like crazy and no, all the things, right? Like everything's going to be perfect. I mean, I really never even doubted that it wouldn't be. <laughs> I was 100% confident. Oh, and so, so the letdown, the letdown was real. It was so rude. I was just not prepared for it. 
And so, but that, what did it look like for you? So for me, I I lost hundred pounds, right? So I was divorced. Mm -hmm. I was, um, being a single mom and I was kind of drowning in, in trying to navigate that world, working, working full-time, trying to, to also parent my kids full-time, which is pretty extreme. And my love life was not where I wanted it to be. And I was making a lot of choices. And I was like, why am I doing this? Why? And I didn't know. And so it took a lot of time for me to accept that I came to my magical destination Mm -hmm. and it was not what I wanted. It was not where I wanted to be. And I did enjoy my body. I, I did enjoy moving. Um, when, uh, we started hiking more. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you know this, but we were in, um, St. George, when we did angels landing, Uh that was a weekend that the 100 hikes started was born. I didn't know that. Yeah. So did that one count angels landing? It did. It was my first one. (gasps) Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I love that. Um, that was a special hike for me. It was special for me too. But my, and you know, it's interesting. It wasn't even my idea. So, um, the thing that I'm learning is that my friends have played such a vital role in my life in helping me realize my limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. So my friend, Jessica, she knows I love hiking and we were, um, doing the overlook hike Mm -hmm. after we had done angels landing. And she was like, we were talking about my weight loss and I wanted to do something big to celebrate. And she was like, why don't you do a hundred hikes this year? And I was like, because it's a hundred hikes. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I don't like it that much. No. Well, well, it just seemed impossible in my mind. Yeah. I honestly was like, I could never do a hundred hikes. So I started doing math. We were on the hike and I'm like pulling out my calculator. I'm like, how many hikes would I have to do? It's two hikes a week for the whole year. And you're working full time and mothering and dating. Yeah. All of it. All of that. And more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it stuck. It really stuck with me because the 100 was like such an impactful number in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I decided to start doing a hundred hikes and, um, you know, for the first, I want to say 30 hikes. I, every hike, what my thought, I wonder if I'll finish. Mm. I wonder if I can finish this hike. And, um, that was my belief almost for everything. Like, I wonder if I can do this. So this is after my weight is gone. This is after I know I'm physically fit. I can do this. I'm still thinking, can I do this? Mm -hmm. Is this really? And, um, I started realizing all of my false beliefs were really controlling me. And all of my subconscious things I was doing, dating, mothering, like being a worker, everything I was doing is, am I enough? And um, that was hard for me because in my mind, my weight made me not enough. Mm -hmm. And so now that my weight was gone, what is saying I'm not enough? Is it me? Is that like, is there something wrong with me? And so those were all things I had to get real comfortable, like exploring and being curious about and realizing that, you know, my body, my weight, my extra 150 pounds really had nothing to do with my worth, Mm -hmm. which was a giant shift in my mind. Okay. I cannot help, but think of how relatable it is in just the different areas of life, right? So it's not just weight loss we're talking about, but for me personally, for the women I get to mentor and help the not enough feeling. Yes. We believe it comes from, I was betrayed or I got divorced. So of course I don't feel enough. Uh, I wasn't chosen when reality is when you dig deep enough, I actually formed those beliefs before marriage. Yeah. I brought them into it and I, and I 
nailed the coffin <laughs> shut when I got married of like, this person's going to prove to me every freaking year that I am not enough yeah. and they will not choose me. And that's just what we do as humans when we choose to be blinded, you know, by the actual truth. Um, it's a hard reality. And so I think, I think of the women who I have women on both sides who are staying in, in their relationships, mm -hmm. which is something I did. And then some who are saying enough's enough and I'm out. Um, and then find that I'm still in the same place. I'm we've, we've healed the betrayal and I still don't feel enough. It's just because of the puzzle pieces, right? There's, right. there's different layers that we have to be curious about and dig into to really find, I'm still finding layers. And I've been at this for almost a decade of finding myself, healing myself and, and believing that I'm enough. I still, because I'm in, you know, every time we switch things up and okay, now I'm in a new situation and stage in life. I things bubble up. Yep. Or like those old beliefs bubble up that I thought I had worked through or new beliefs that I'm like, where the heck did you come from? Why are you here now? Um, and so I think I'm looking at this and I think you had a destination. It the, totally did. The destination was all will be well when the hundred pounds is gone. The hundred pounds is gone and it's not well, right? There's some things that are, I'm sure right. we're great. Um, so I look at it and think like most of us, I started into therapy, into my recovery process of self and said, when I get to trusting my person, when I get to taking care of myself and doing my daily, then I'll be better. And so the reality of, uh, like, this is a lifelong choice yes. to be curious about why I am the way I am to be intentional and slow down and to try to be mindful of who I am and how I'm showing up. It's, it is work. And I have friends, I don't know if you feel this way, but, um, friends who've said like, ah, oh, I wish I just stayed in my little box <laughs> of like, I'm happy enough. Like life's hard, but I'm happy enough. And we pop our head out of the box and realize like, oh crap. Like a lot of my problems are because of me. I am the problem. It's Taylor yeah. Swift, right? Yeah. Um, it's hard work. Yeah. And I don't know that any of us choose it, but we're choosing it. Yeah. And I think these are the friends that I connect with. These are the friends who I choose to be around because I love women and men who choose to do the hard things. Yeah. And it is a hard thing to, to look at ourselves and take ownership of our lack of self-love or our lack of belief in mm -hmm. ourselves or in our relationships, whatever it is. And to say, I matter enough to work through this Yeah, and continue to work through it. It is not a destination. Yeah, This isn't going to be something that now you're done. You no. did a podcast and you shared your story and now everything is better. Is that how it works? No. That's why I still do a freaking podcast every week Yeah, because I'm still learning things. No. I think that, I think one of the hardest things for me was I feel like I had valid reasons why I had all these beliefs, mm. you know, maybe they weren't planted by me. And so that was a hard thing to let go that I had bitter feelings about maybe where they came from, which applies in so many situations, Oh yeah. but it's the only, I can only control myself and I am in control of my healing and my path and my journey. So I can't hold on to those bitter things that brought those feelings. I don't have any control. They're there. They're my messages. It's my turn to show up and take care of them mm -hmm. and move through them. You know, I think that was the hardest part for me. Yeah. It's the being the Buffalo. It's yeah. saying, I'm going to face this ugly storm ahead. Yep. And it's not easy work, but it's beautiful and releasing work. Yes. Where there is peace in it. Maybe it's not a hundred percent of the time, but I look at old, my old version of me. I never had peace 100% of the time then. Right. So I still prefer the life I've created. Yes. That is hard to, to, uh, you know, to own my stuff at times and to forgive 
to surrender, to let go of things that I may never get an apology for, or have to apologize for the things that I've done to others and, and created those negative beliefs in them and hurt. Um, this is the work. Yeah. This is the inside job that so many of us are choosing. Probably a lot of the listeners here are choosing to do is the inside work as well as the outside work. Um, I think no matter where we're at physically, it still can be frustrating when our body doesn't show up the way we want, whether it's aging, um, or I had surgery or I not, Oh, I'm at a weight that is restricting me. There's so many reasons that we can be frustrated with our physical health Yeah, and putting yourself out there and saying, you know, you did a lot of group hikes. I did. And that's vulnerable in itself to show up and to be surrounded by maybe strangers. Um, and for me, I mean, I met you and had no idea that those were the battles that you were facing and that you had faced. And so that I, I mean, to me, that's a good reminder of, we just never know Mm -hmm. what people are have the the inner dialogue that they are battling inside also on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that daily for you help you come back to the why and the, the inside part that's fueling, I guess the outside part too. Yeah. I think that, um, I have lots of opportunities to see where my negative beliefs still show up Mm -hmm. today. So I'm learning, I'm growing. I'm so much better. I really feel like I've had a positive mind shift around my body. And, um, but there are so many opportunities that they just come out. Um, I just got promoted. I started a new job. So it's those new things, right? Yep, yep. Those new, and I'm like all these negative beliefs. So for me, when those come up, uh, being aware. Yeah. So I think awareness is key for me. And something that just feels good to me is yoga and meditation in the morning. And I don't always get to do it because I have children <laughs> and, <laughs> and they like to wake up so early. Um, but I think when my go-to, when I am feeling really distressed, when I'm feeling really disconnected with myself is to go and be with movement yeah. and slow down. Yeah. And is that alone or is that with people? I normally alone, like if I'm really struggling, I want to do it by myself. Same, very much the same. And, um, I love all of that. It's the simple things. It really is. And awareness and then acceptance. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I'm loving lately of like, oh, there's that story again. Yeah. Right. It's just like separating it from me. I am not my thoughts, but here's that thought again. Yeah. And that makes sense why it's bubbling up. Yes. And also I can still find myself getting frustrated that it shows up and like that battle of not accepting, but like, no, you should be over this. Like get over it. Yeah. You know, better. Um, it's still, it's still hard for me at some times. Um, and then other times it's very simple of, I can jump off that thought train yeah, and be like, whew, I almost jumped on that and went far away <laughs> and whew, I got back. Um, it's still a practice for yeah. me. Absolutely. I think for me too, it's about challenging, challenging my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that we're so used to just like, we think it and it must be true. It's real. And so for me, I love what you said about, um, oh, like, that's coming up more often for me right now. Like why Mm -hmm. I wonder, and just like being curious. And I really, um, still struggle with this about judging it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, okay, like, all right, Ellie, here we go again, you know, but I really, when I can let go and be like, Hmm, that's really interesting. Why? And is that true? Is it really true? And most of the time it's not, um, like a totality. Mm -hmm. It's like one little scenario. And so for me, when I feel really disconnected with myself, when I'm not being my true authentic self, that is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so I have to pause and challenge what's happening. 
I like that. The pause, it's so beneficial in so many ways. Um, what would you tell our listeners who may be in a, maybe in the not exact same situation, but in a situation of life where they feel there is a destination and they don't know where to start, but they feel that desire to, okay, I've got to, I have this mountain to climb physically or uh, emotionally, mentally. Where do we start? Where do, where do you feel you started? I think, um, where I started was just by feeling like, even if it was out of that place of hate, like this, I want to do this, you know, regardless of my motivation, I want to do this. And then honoring that and doing something about it and just taking the first step, whatever that step is. I think what I really wish I would have known is that you are worth it now without any changes. Like you don't have to kill yourself doing whatever it is, whatever situation you're in, because it will take work. Like whatever situation you're in will take work and time. And so instead of waiting until all the work and the time are done, which will never happen, (laughs) it's an endless thing. It causes us suffering in the, in the waiting period. And we don't have to suffer in the waiting period. We can find healing and happiness on our way there. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to wait. I really, for me and my circumstance, I wish that someone would have just been like, Ellie, you don't have to lose a bunch of weight to love yourself. I didn't know that. And I wish that someone would have told me that you don't have to wait till your relationship is perfect to love yourself. You don't have to wait till you get the perfect job. You don't have to wait till you fall in love. You don't have to wait till you get the validation of fitting in. You can love yourself now and you don't have to wait. Mm. Let's not do the waiting period, you know? Yeah, skip it. Just jump in. It is to me one giant step to choose change. Yeah. Like it's a leap in saying I'm choosing this because there's so much fear of failure. Yeah. And that those beliefs are real. And that what are other people going to think? Yeah. Uh, I, I sure can't tell anyone because then I'm going to be judged when I fail. Um, but do you feel like you did use support of friends and was it family or a group or professionals who kept you accountable or that you were able to keep yourself accountable to? Um, for me, uh, my friends played a big role. Um, I was like looking over my hikes. I was just like wanting to see my stats. I was interested and I did 30 hikes with my kids. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, my kids are amazing. I mean, they hated it. They (laughs) really did. But they got to be a part of this journey with you. Yes, they did. And, um, and that was another part of me not waiting. You know, there's a lot of like, oh, you can't do that. My kids are young. They're nine and five. And I led them along with Skittles <laughs> the whole time. I was like, oh, another big hill. So here's some more Skittles, you yeah. know? And um, so like being with my family and not waiting until my family looked better or like they were bigger or they had more, um, they weren't crying or whining as much. Like yeah. it just wasn't for me. So I think like using my family and Um, and then my friends, so I think I did like 20 solo hikes. So that means I did like 50 hikes with friends. And so my friends were amazing. Um, on, I was, I think hike like 92. So I've been doing it for a while. Yeah. My friend, Kathy, it was her birthday and, uh, she goes up like Blanche every year for her birthday and it's a pretty steep hike. And, but I've been hiking. I was like, oh, it's going to be no big deal. But I had been pushing it because my 100 was coming up Mm. and I sat down on that hike and I cried. Mm. (laughs) I was really tired. I was like, I have been hiking so much. And I really had a moment with myself that I was like, I don't know if I'm going to finish this hike. Mm. And my friend, Kathy was so amazing and was just like, are you okay? Are you crying on that rock? And I, and I was, but like, I just feel even when I didn't want to do it, even when I was crying on the hike, I had the support of my friends Mm -hmm. saying like, you're going to do this. I remember after we went on a hike 
um, the snowy one. I don't remember what it was called. Um, big spring. Yes. Big spring. I was like really burned out after that. And I think it was like 80 something. And I was like, I really am done. Like, <laughs> this is a lot of hiking. And I like put like a, a story or something on Instagram. And I had so many friends just be like, you're so close. Like you got this. Yeah. And so friends were a huge deal for me. And as far as like helping me stay accountable, I found things that really resonated with me. So like the, after that hike, I went and bought new hiking clothes Yeah, because I knew that would motivate me. So little rewards along yeah. the way. Yeah. And just like when I felt like it wasn't like, oh, after this hike, after this many hikes, then I get a new outfit. It was like, I feel like I'm not going to do this anymore and I need a new outfit right now. <laughs> and so I did. Yeah. And, um, and so it was just like, I was really like manifesting a lot of it. Like, oh, I have to do two hikes this week. I have, you know, I got on with a lot of different hiking groups, mm -hmm. um, who were already hiking. So it was easy to jump on when I felt not motivated to find a new hike. So, but it was really just hiking for me was not hate. It was the first time that I was choosing something for me because I loved it. Mm. And so for me in being able to do a hundred hikes, it filled my soul. Every hike after I was done, so my best friend star, she does not like hiking. And she's like, I wish I could find something that lights me up, like hiking mm -hmm. lights you up. And I think we all can find that whether it's hiking or something else, but that's why I could do it is because it wasn't a chore. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end I was tired. Yeah. I didn't want to do it anymore, but it was something that really, really filled my soul. Mm -hmm. And there were so many analogies. Oh, every hike. That's the thing is I, I think of, I'm looking right behind you is Mount Timpanogos. Mm -hmm. And when I hiked that hike, I cried five times. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why am I doing this? This is not enjoyable. I yeah. hike for the enjoyment. Yeah. Um, you've hiked with me. I stop and take pictures. Like we're silly. We dance. Yeah. Um, we are talking about dating. Like, I mean, it's just, it's an experience. Yes. And I'm hiking Mount Timpanogos and being, it's one horrible weather. I don't know why we chose that day it's, it's raining, it's cold. And normally it's summer. We're like, wear the least amount of clothes. Cause you're going to be so hot. You're hiking. What is it? 16 miles or something. Yeah. And then we get, I get offended by the person I'm hiking with because they tell me to move out of the way because I'm stopping every five seconds. Um, and so then I'm disconnected and I feel so alone on this yeah. hard hard hike that I, I really did. I just stopped and kept crying. Like, I don't want to do this anymore, but that person was able to be like, come on, like you, we can turn around. Yeah. And I was like, Nope, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. And it, those last, the last mile is really steep it is. and hard. And I felt 100 years old <laughs> with every step. Like how, yeah. what is wrong with my body? And then to get to the top and be so proud and so excited only to realize I have to hike down 16 miles and I already feel a hundred. Like, yeah. Oh, I cried on the way down too. Yeah. And just stopped. Like, I actually don't think I can move. Yeah. Um, so what got me through that hike was like, what are we going to eat when we yes. get down? <laughs> Let's get in the fire. Let's get by the fire. Let's take a hot bath. Let's do all the things, you know, yeah. we had things to look forward to, but, um, for me, I, there's just, there is, there's allegory in everything we are we're yes. choosing to do the hard. Um, but I love that you're saying, find something that lights you up. Yeah. If, um, if you're going, especially, if, okay, let's say you're in recovery work after betrayal or divorce, you're going to therapy, you're maybe in a support group. Um, you're working, you're doing all these hard things. That's not fun. It's not fun. And in fact, if you're doing that, I'm going to say you need to give one of them up. And I tell that to my women in group all the time. Like, Hey, if this group is, is taking from you, it's time to move on. You can come back. But if you get to that resentment yes. of like, I hate going to therapy, I hate going to group. 
I hate all of the stuff that I'm doing. I absolutely was there for a long time. Like I'm here because of you and your choices. This is so stupid that I have to do it. Not recognizing that it was actually helping, you know, like, yeah even though I hated doing it, it was helping me. I had to, and that's why I create, um, dailies for my women. I mentor where are you having fun every single day? Are you prioritizing it? Because if we're only choosing to do the hard and be curious and do the inner work, like, I'm sorry, but that is not life. Nope. That's not living life. That is like trying to repair to live for what, what's at the end. Yeah if you've lost who you are and lost the fun in life or they're in your relationship. And so, um, one of the most beneficial things my therapist taught me was healthy compartmentalization and to say, Hey, wrap that up in a bow. Yeah. Put it in a box, wrap it in a bow, come back to it instead of ignore it. Like yeah. oh, told me I'll just compartmentalize and it never happened when then it's like eating me up. Um, no, I can wrap it up and we can go on a date and have fun or we can, do go dance. Like we're going to go to our event on Saturday. We're going to have fun. It doesn't matter where we're at, despite where we're at with our relationship or with work or with parenting, we're going to choose to to prioritize fun and work. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of a combination. Um, so I guess that's, I want to make sure people are inner outer all the work that we're, we're making sure that, that we're not just doing it for the, the right now it's, what are we creating? What life are we creating by doing this healing work? Yeah. We have to do both at the same time. In my opinion. I agree. I was, um, I have a picture of my younger self now Mm -hmm. on my vanity. And I was thinking about my life, I don't know, three or four years ago. And I could have never imagined that this is where I would be. And I'm just so grateful that I took time to do the healing work, to look and be curious about myself, but also that I took time to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I think one of my most treasured memories through my divorce was me and my kids dancing in the kitchen. That was my fun every day. (laughs) Like it's simple. It doesn't have to be big. No. Yeah. And I just feel very grateful that this, this work, this, this work that we do really propels us to be our best selves, even though it's really hard, we can have more fun and more joy and be more authentic when we're not hiding behind whatever we think our, our problem is, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes that's a lot of external things. And I'm just learning that those aren't really our problems. Mm. And we will end it with that hard, like mic drop. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Sorry. Go be curious. (laughs) Oh, I've loved this. Thank you for being here and for sharing your experience in your heart. And where can people find you? They Um, want to follow your journey. I'm on Instagram. Listen, I'm new to this whole sharing my journey. So you got like a little tidbit here and there on my Instagram. It's uh, mountain mama 33. Okay. And I'll put that link in the show notes. So you can just click info and click on her um, link and see her. So thank you again. And just sending love to whoever's out there listening and going, I don't want to. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. Thanks for being here with me today, whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the buffalo.